Do you know why the standard combat load for the U.S. Army is six 30-round magazines plus one in the gun? I've been trying to figure out the answer to this because as I signed up for, planning to sign up for a run-and-gun event in West Virginia, I've been obsessing over finding the optimum number of magazines to carry with me for the event because, well, you never know. So I got the idea to try and figure out where did the six plus one combat load come from so I can see, is that relevant to me? And the answer was, well, there really wasn't a good spot. You see, in the 1950s, when they came up with the M1956 load-bearing equipment, they wanted two ammunition cases. Now, those cases held two M14 magazines and plus one in the gun. And later, when we switched to the M16, we captured the two cases. Now they held three magazines plus one in the gun. And ever since then, that's been why it's six plus one. It's not based on any weird variables. And this is honestly almost annoyingly mind-bending. So before I get into where we're going with today's episode of why Optimum is not going to help you, I want to say hello and welcome to the Everyday Marksman. This is the podcast where it's all about tactical skills for living a more adventurous life. My name is Matt Robertson, and I am your host. Our website's everydaymarksman.co. There you'll find today's show notes, as well as our awesome community of marksmen, the rest of our podcast episodes, articles, and our YouTube channel. Thank you for joining me. Before I get going, I want to throw a shout out to AmmoSquare.com. I talk about them from time to time because it's a really good service. Uh, This is not sponsored or anything, but I do have a relationship with them that I'm going to tell you about. Now, Ammo Squared is a really interesting service because think of it like robo-investing for your ammunition. The best way to stockpile your ammo is to buy it consistently over time and set it aside. Buy it cheap, stack it deep. I'm sure you've heard the phrase. And what Ammo Squared does is let you automate that. You can sign up for the account, say you want to spend $50 a month, $20 a month, $100 a month or more. And where you want that distributed, you want 20% to 556, 25% to 9mm, maybe some 308, and you just let it go. And at every month, it'll charge you the amount. They buy the ammo, they put it in your stockpile, and then they'll send it to you. Uh, it's a really easy way to set it up. And I, I like to tell people about it because, hey, ammo can get expensive. Buy it at market rate and just set it aside. So awesome. I have a whole article about this called uh, at everydaymarksman.co forward slash ammo, or if you go to ammosquare.com forward slash marksman, you can get a slight discount on your first order. All right, now on to the main episode here, talking about why chasing optimum is a marketing failure. This is kind of a continuing theme with the Everyday Marksman. Last year, around May of 2022, I started talking about tactical minimalism. And the main idea of this was that on the path to becoming a capable marksman, there are more important skills and capabilities to learn along the way. It's not just about your shooting. To be capable across the spectrum, you need to spend the bulk of your time practicing a few high-impact basic things to the point of complete mastery. All right. Now, at the time I was talking about marksmanship specifically, pick one solid shooting position, practice your prone, practice one solid standing position, get really, really good at it. All right. Mastering those few basics are going to carry you a long way, much better than knowing 20 different variations of how to do kneeling. Now, going beyond just the shooting aspect, think about all the other skills this goes into as well. 
you know, there's things like starting a campfire, building a shelter, radio communications, physical fitness, uh, you name it. There are a lot of things that have to learn and your time is just going to be better served by finding a few really impactful ones and building on it. But that's not what's popular today. People want the easy answer. They want someone to tell them what to do. And I was reminded of this when last year I started talking about prism optics and how I thought they were due for a comeback. Sure enough, the big social media channels and YouTubers were ditching their LPVOs in favor of prism optics with, with red dots on them. You know, that happened all around the fall. And now I'm already seeing chatter about a push towards medium power variable optics. You know, your 3 to 15s and your 2 to 10s. And this, this circle we're going in is just getting tiresome. So today I want to talk about this idea from another angle. It's something that's been bouncing around in my head for a few months. And that is the idea that there is no optimum. So let's define what do I mean by optimum. The Cambridge Dictionary defines optimum as the best, most likely to bring success or advantage. And to that I have to ask, under what circumstances? See, by nature, I love diving down rabbit holes. I enjoy the challenge of learning about a topic and then imagining how I'm going to apply all the variables across different situations. It's fun if not exhausting and expensive. It's this personality trait that leads me to buy and configure six different sets of load-bearing gear, battle belts, chess rigs, you name it. Each one has a subtle difference tailored to some variation of the theme. This one is my lightweight patrol the neighborhood rig. This one is my long-range, gonna-be-gone-for-a-while rig. This is my gaming rig, right? Each one is subtle, and it's the same mindset that leads me to spend weeks and months agonizing whether I would be better suited by a 6mm ARC or a 6.5 Grendel for some particular project and how I might use it. All of this knowing that, that in reality, they're going to perform about equally as well for me in the real world. So I bought a shotgun instead. I'm sure I'm not alone in this. In fact, I think the majority of traffic to the site and the questions that I get from people is a search for optimum to find the perfect answer to their shooting needs, whether it's the perfect barrel length for a particular task or a load or just the right amount of magazines to carry, the best optic for a particular situation, the one that's going to do everything for them. Physical fitness discussions are loaded with the same kinds of problems. People looking for the optimum workout program, even though when they're novices, which they probably are, literally anything is going to work. I have come to this decision that optimum doesn't really exist. And even when it does, there are still problems. I know optimum actually exists, sort of. For any specific challenge, there's probably an optimum way to approach it. You know, the best barrel length for shooting 223 at long range is probably closer to 24 inches than 12 inches. But flip that around when you're dealing with close quarters combat. The best way to grow your chest muscles is probably doing 20, 20 or 30 sets a week, you know, at different angles and taking a lot of steroids. And that is where we see the problem. These situations all have clear definitions and therefore clear solutions. But that's not how the real world works. The 
The main issue I've developed with this idea of optimum solutions is that each one relies on a fixed set of circumstances and boundaries. As long as the scenario you're facing doesn't cross those boundaries, the solution is going to stay valid. And this works fine for a controlled environment like a shooting match or a powerlifting meet, but it completely falls apart when you're in the real world where you have limited time and resources and there's no rules. As a general guideline, I like to tell people that the more you tailor something to become optimum for a specific outcome, the worse it's going to be as a solution for just about everything else. Last year, Jeff Gerwich and I had a really good conversation about this in one of his examples. I'll let him retell that. From the moment they left the gate, they'd be shooting it out with militiamen, taking, you know, one to two, three, 400 meter shots, get to the target, do their CQB, but then you go to the roof because you got to secure that building. Again, you're taking long range shots at dudes running around the street. Time to leave the objective. You got to fight all the way back to the base. So one third of the fight is getting to the target. A third of the fight is on the target, and the last third is getting back to your base. The CQB shorty gun was the best setup for only one-third of the mission. The other two-thirds, a gun with better reach and an optic better suited for longer shooting was actually the ultimate setup. Build on this and think about how you configure your load-bearing gear. If you optimize for speedy reloads and square range theatrics, you probably only use a bunch of open top pouches and a holster that uses just friction to keep your pistol in place. That's all well and good right up until you have to crawl through the dirt, the underbrush, climb over a wall and find yourself upside down. You're going to end up filling your mag pouches with crud and losing your pistol along the way. What about strength training? You know, you have over 600 muscles in your body and spending all your time hitting those glamour muscles to make them big and puffy is going to cause a lot of long-term imbalances. It causes injuries and neglects other aspects of fitness like your conditioning or athleticism and power. So let's forget about optimization because optimization, as I see it, is a marketing tactic. It's all these companies and influencers and YouTubers who are trying to sell you something that you don't already have. Think about how we're talking about low power variable optics with offset red dots going into prism sites with, with offset red dots back to medium power variable optics back to, you know, around and around and around. And the goal is always to tell you that what you have today is going to get you killed and you need to do something different. It's easy to spend a huge amount of money chasing optimum. And the question we really have to ask is, are these optimize improvements worth the trade-off. When I wrote my primer on magazine pouches, I tested my personal, relatively unpracticed reload times for all these different styles. And the open top was indeed the fastest. It's about 1.8 seconds from the time my, my shot timer went beep to I got to pull that trigger again. A Velcro flat pouch was about one second slower than that. And a fully enclosed jungle pouch with a fast hex buckle was about 4.4 seconds. You have to ask yourself, in the real world, where the conditions and boundaries are unknown, is the risk of losing or gumming up your magazines actually worth one second better reload speed? For some people, that answer might be yes. But I wager for most people who are interested in community defense and a broad spectrum of things they have to think about and care about, the answer is no. Such minute differences in performance do not matter unless you're shooting at the highest levels against other highly skilled competitors under controlled conditions. 
until that point, there is a lot of room for practice with good enough equipment and mastery of it. So what do I suggest? Where am I going with this? I'm not someone who's completely bought in with the idea of fear the man with one gun. I think there is a lot of room for multiple guns set up for different general needs and purposes. But this comes with a caveat, and it's a huge caveat. I think those needs and boundaries are much further apart than most people think. As an example, think about a pistol. Well, a lot of people will think they need to go get one pistol for their everyday carry. They need to have one pistol for their home defense bedside gun. And then you have another pistol that's going to be your competition gun. And I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong for most people. A reliable compact pistol with minimal modification for carry, defense, and competition will work just fine. What about when it comes to rifles? Well, a general purpose 5.56 carbine that you can use in training, competition, and defense. You only need one. Grab a 308 for more oomph at distance. Maybe a shotgun for some other purposes as well. Are there objectively better and more optimized ways to do this? Yes. Is the marginal gain in performance actually worth it to you? Probably not. My suggestion is to go back to the idea of the tactical minimalist. You are far, far better off by picking one good enough configuration and using it a lot. Of course, that's easy to say, but what does it mean? Everyone's requirements look a little different, so it's impossible to prescribe just one rule for everyone, and that doesn't mean that we can't use some starting templates. And, well, in the first draft of what I was going to say today, I went item by item listing out what I think made the best unoptimized configurations for rifle equipment and other capabilities, and the thing honestly just got away way too long. It got away from me. So instead, I'm actually going to break this into a series of posts and articles where we discuss each of these individually. The one that I don't really need to write, though, is the rifle. So for that, I'm going to go back to our old friend, the minimum capable carbine. I've written about it a lot. And look, the AR-15 is the, the way to go in this case. If you're only going to get one, this is the rifle to get because it's well understood. There's lots of parts, lots of training. And the cartridge, the 5.56, was purpose-built for Anything you might need to do on small to mid-size, thin-skinned game up to 300 yards. It's the result of decades of research around infantry combat and what makes a good fighting rifle, which means lightweight, reliable, and ergonomic. So for that, that's the minimum capable carbine, which to me is a 16-inch lightweight barrel with a 1 in 8 or 1 in 7 twist. A2 flash hider, a pinned gas block. I don't care if it's a front sight post or low profile, but it is pinned a standard M16 style bolt carrier, a standard trigger, an adjustable stock on a mil-spec tube, a good quality optic of your choice, but just one and keep it light, a two-point sling, a weapon light, and thread locker used for all the screws and fasteners where it's needed. This configuration is going to serve you well for a long, long time time until you get to that highest level of precision or rate of fire or competition, at which point when you're at that level, sure, go ahead. You're ready to go ahead and spend some more money on, on a focused, optimized configuration for whatever that level is you're trying to do. You know, last year, the theme was becoming minimum capable as a citizen. 
And we laid out a few standards for things like rifle, pistol, first aid, radio, and a few other topics. And you can probably extend that further into the everyday marksman fitness tests. If there's any major takeaway I want you to have from, from what I'm saying today, it's that there is no such thing as a perfect answer to the everyday marksman's needs. Real life is not a controlled event where you know the rules, the obstacles, and the requirements ahead of time. The world is full of unknowns, and your training methods, your equipment, your level of physical fitness, and your mindset must be flexible enough to meet those challenges, even if it means compromising on the, quote, best for any particular situation. Do not over-optimize on any particular point. We have to realize there are no rules and boundaries for your adversaries, and the main boundaries for you come to your own skills and abilities. So act accordingly. And with that, we are going to finish out this episode. So thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you look forward to what's coming. There's a lot, there's a lot of topics we're going to get into this one. Uh, I mentioned the rifle, but I'm going to spend quite a bit of time talking about gear and your skills and I know all the stuff that I love to talk about. I'm a total nerd for this stuff. So come on by the website, everydaymarksman.co. Find this episode, leave a comment, let me know how you liked it. And hey, while you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button, join the mailing list. Uh, there's going to be some exclusive content coming that way. So sign up. You'll hear from me. I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care of yourself. All right. Catch you next time. Matt out.